Welcome back to another episode of Awake Not Baked. I'm very happy to be recording another episode. I love having guests on, but I also am really excited to be recording another solo episode. Um, it just lets me take the conversation wherever I feel like and just let my stream of consciousness flow. Um, so this episode, in line with Valentine's Day and the theme of love, I just wanted to keep on theme and basically go into all my thoughts about love, what love is in different contexts in terms of your friendships, family members, um, being in love, in relationships. And I'm going to use a movie that I've watched literally three times in the past month because it's so good. And every time I've watched this movie, I've always thought something different and something new. Um, so it's definitely going to be one of my favorites that I'm going to come back to. Um, but it's called Love Story um, from 1970. And I mentioned it on my story on Instagram a few days ago. So hopefully whoever's listening has also now seen the movie because it'll help it'll help you relate to whatever I'm talking about now. Um, but if not, don't worry. I don't really have any spoilers. Th from the beginning of the movie, the first line is um, tells you that the main character dies. So <laughs> um, I'm not really going to be analyzing the film. I'm more I'm going to be more just talking about the general themes of the film and how it perceives love. I'll just very quickly set the scene for whoever hasn't watched the, the film. But it's basically about this guy called Oliver and this girl called Jenny who both go to Harvard and they meet there and they fall in love and they're from very different backgrounds. Um, Oliver is from a very wealthy upper class family and Jenny um, is from a working class family. Her dad's a baker. Um, so they're from very different back backgrounds. Um, and from the beginning of the movie, we're told that Jenny dies at age 25. Um, but from the very beginning, you see the communication between Oliver and his father. And there's a clear lack of understanding of, between the two of how to communicate their love. So the dad, whenever he speaks to his son, only ever commands his son to do things. He's always saying things like, that's an order. Um, and that's the only way the dad knows how to love. Um, but it's clear that the dad loves his son so much. Everything he does, he's trying to spend more time with him. Um, and the son's just refusing. Um, and the son, Oliver, can't accept that his dad is so difficult to communicate with. Um, and they're both clearly too proud and almost too competitive with their pride to show each other that they love each other. Um, and I think that goes for a lot of people. Like, in some ways, so much of what we do is about protecting ourselves and wanting to look better and not wanting to look vulnerable. 
And a lot of us spend our lives just wasting our time holding on to our pride and not being vulnerable and open to love because we're just too proud to show our humanity. Every time the dad uh, catches up with the son, the only thing he knows to say is, have you heard back from law school yet? And it becomes so obvious that it's so robotic for him and it's just a way for him to try and connect with his son when at one point Oliver's like, I told you already, I got in. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it shows just like how robotic the conversation is and he has no idea how to connect with his son. And throughout the movie, it's really painful to see the father and son not able to communicate their love for each other. And most of the scenes are about them constantly missing each other. So even at the very end, when the dad comes to the hospital um, to visit Jenny, and they're both in the revolving door, but they can't hear each other, and they're both going opposite ways, I think that's um, a symbol for them not being in sync with each other and not being able to just communicate properly. But that theme re reminds me of a book I was recommended called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And that book explains how most men don't have real role models for mature masculinity. And that most of the masculinity we see in today's world um, that is also now so hated is called boy psyche or like the immature, immature boy psychology. Um, and I think in this movie, it's so hard for Oliver to commu communicate maturely and be so vulnerable with his father because his father isn't like that either. His and we can logically deduce that his father's father um, also wasn't a great ro role model in terms of demonstrating love. And I think both the film Love Story and the book King Warrior, Magician Lover has made me realize that there is a real crisis in especially men not being able to be in a place of a safe space of love. And it's really, really hard for a lot of boys, a lot of guys to open up and be open to loving someone unconditionally and not being afraid to say it. I think a big part of unconditional love is having complete acceptance for someone. And the main character in the movie, Jenny, I think through her uh, sense of humor, she's teaching Oliver to see things in a different way, to be more light, to be more understanding and accepting of his dad and his love language and his own quirky way of being a father. One day, Jenny and Oliver have a fight and when they meet again, he says, I'm sorry. And she says the aphorism, Love means never having to say you're sorry. And that made the movie famous and iconic. But I think that sentence just shows that love is about complete acceptance and unconditional love. It's not having to do anything crazy to prove that you love someone. It's just through your actions, through coming back, through acknowledging what you've done. And I think people these days are obsessed with big gestures. And maybe because so much of our relationship is so visible to the outside world through social media, um, but before, it was just between you and that person, your, your love, your relationship. 
it made someone's relationship so much more intimate, so much more intuitive, and um, in terms of the unique ways in which you dealt with situations and understood each other, our understanding of an apology or of being unconditionally loved might be quite distorted because of what we see on social media and what we see in movies because it's all focused on the grand gesture. It's all so performative. Um, and, you know, like sending a bouquet of flowers to someone's house or, you know, making a flash mob or something. But all these like big gestures is so opposite to what Jenny is teaching Oliver in the movie because she is teaching that one doesn't need to prove something to someone in order to make them worthy of being loved or to make them worthy of um, continuing the relationship. What she's sharing is so much more pure than that. It's just about accepting that person for who they are, um, being okay with when they've messed up and allowing them to move forward, allowing them to not be identified by their mistakes. Um, and she's not expecting so much. She's just expecting for both of them to just do their best with each other. One of the things that happens in the movie is that her dad is very, very Catholic, and she says that she doesn't want to get married in a church at all. Um, but I think even the way in which she rejects the church is still so accepting. And there are scenes in which she's teaching music to her school children in a church. And I think that's like a symbol of her being able to not identify with something, but still be accepting of it. And so a lot of her character is about the symbolism of acceptance. And even her father was also the same way with her. He was he came from a really Catholic Italian family and it was clear that the church is everything to him. And she says that she doesn't want the church to be a part of her new life. And even though it was hard to stomach, you can see from his reactions that he was just doing his best to be okay with it. He was just like, okay, no church, okay, okay. And it was really sweet and really wholesome. But I think Jenny has learned from her father about acceptance. But also, you can't really accept someone else fully and wholly and completely if you don't accept yourself. For example, Ollie in the movie, he really struggled to accept his father's love because he almost hated himself and his background and where he came from. At one point, he asked Jenny, how can you love all of me with the numerals in my name and the way my family is, the way my father speaks to me, etc., And she replies, well, that's what love is about. It's about loving and accepting everything. And on her deathbed, the last scene with her, she's begging him to accept himself and to accept that he didn't take any of her dreams away by marrying her and that she just wanted to be with him and she was perfectly happy with that. And it's clear that he's finding it so hard to accept and be at peace with the fact that she made a choice to be with him and to say goodbye to her dreams of studying music in Paris, etc. That movie really stuck with me because for Oliver to learn such a tough lesson 
like acceptance and forgiveness. Jenny had to die and something really bad had to happen. Something so shocking had to happen to him um, for him to realize that, um, you know, that life is temporary, it's not forever and people aren't forever. And so the love that you do have around, around you, embrace it and appreciate it and accept it, don't reject it. And after she passed away, when the dad says, I'm sorry she passed away, he says to the dad the same thing that Jenny says, love means never having to say our sorry. And I think that was um, reflective of him finally accepting his dad's love and forgiving his dad for all the, all the complications along the way and all the difficult situations that they had together. So even though the movie's title, Love Story, suggests that it's all about um, love between man and woman, honestly, almost more of it was about Ollie and his, his dad and just the general theme of forgiveness being part of love and acceptance. But I've been thinking a lot recently about how so much of love that we see nowadays, and I think talking about earlier about how we're obsessed with big gestures in love, shows that our perception of love, at least through movies and stuff, is we can only love someone if they are worthy of our love. But why is that? Like there's so much thinking that goes into that kind of perception. Like at what point is, does someone, uh, is someone worthy of our love, our attention, our care? And even like getting your heart broken is almost about like getting let down by the expectations that you have of that person. Um, and also a lot of what upsets us about people and our relationships comes from our own hurt. It's like, it's almost like it's making things about you. Like how could that person treat you like that? Or how could that person speak to you like that? But often it's their own baggage that they're dealing with that makes them so imperfect towards you. For example, in the movie, uh, when Ollie and Jenny are in a fight, um, she picks up the phone and calls his dad after they haven't spoken in, I think, years. And she's like, I just want you to know that your son, in his own way, loves you very much. And Ollie did not want to talk to his dad, and he didn't want to show his dad that he loved him. So his reaction to that was to shout at, Jen at Jenny and say, get the hell out of my life. And obviously, it's nothing to do with her. He's just struggling to deal with his own complicated relationship with his father and he's so afraid of being vulnerable around him which is why when she kind of forced that vulnerability he couldn't handle it and he was furious at her I think Jenny is so unique and different to what I see now in that she doesn't make his flaws and his mistakes about her she doesn't get offended by it you know she's just like letting him learn letting him deal with things and letting him grow and come back in his own time. She doesn't say a word about it. She doesn't make him feel bad about it, you know, um, because she knows that he already feels bad about it. And I think even in friendships, so much drama in our friendships is about people feeling so personally offended by someone's flaws. Um, 
and it somehow always becomes about yourself. It's like, oh, how could they do that to me? And I think that's something that I kind of struggle with. I find it hard to not be so disappointed by people when they don't act according to the good that I think of them. Um, and even if they're so amazing and so wonderful in so many ways, and then they do this one thing, it's not always easy for me to just be like, it's okay, I still appreciate that person and I still appreciate their presence in my life. But then also, I don't want to be naive and let someone be a shitty person around me um, and just constantly be like, it's okay. But I do think that there's a way to to have love for someone and to appreciate them without letting their flaws and their mistakes um, affect you so personally and so much. I think it's just about being completely detached from your expectations of that person, from your understanding of that person, because people are so layered and so complex. You can't say that person's great or that person's terrible. There's just so much more to them, just like you. And if you were to be so amazing and perfect to someone and then have a one bad day and they were so disappointed by you, would you feel love and acceptance from them? I feel like we expect so much perfection and just generally expect so much of other people without realizing that if other people had the same expectations of us, that would be impossible to live up to. And that would make our simple, pure enjoyment of the people around us quite difficult. And it just means that we focus so much more on the negatives of someone rather than the positives. Like, how can someone be so, such a wonderful contribution to your life and then they have one mistake um, or harmful and, like, that's the end of the friendship, you know? Even in movies, though, the perfectionist for me is always, like, the unlovable one. I hate movies where all the characters are just so perfect and so flawless because that's just not real like no human is like that and I find that so unrelatable because I know that that's not me either you know and so when there are characters who mess up and learn from their mistakes or you know have chocolate on their mouth and don't look so perfect those are the characters which are lovable and make the movie so much more real because it's the flaws and the learning from the mistakes that makes a person and their relationships with people so much more profound and meaningful. And it's like when they are given the opportunity to still show love and respect for someone after they've messed up, that's when the relationship, the friendship, whatever, becomes so much more meaningful and deep. But... I do think there is just like a fine line between unconditional love and accepting everything. Um, and then also having your own self-love, like compassion versus discernment. It's really hard to draw a line between like true love, like unconditional acceptance and also self-respect. It's almost like a paradox. Like you can't talk about love 
without being selfless, right? But you also can't talk about love without putting yourself first. How can you put like two people, yourself and someone else, as a priority at the exact same time? Um, but I think we do focus so much on analyzing and thinking logically, but sometimes you just know if it's right for you, you know, if a person, I'm not even talking about relationships at this point, like friendships, if that person being around you is right for you, if it's right for you to be so giving to that person, or if something is just off, and sometimes you can't explain it logically, but just trust yourself, but also you can only give so much as you feel inside. If you don't respect yourself, you're gonna give less and impact the other person really badly. You're gonna inflict your own traumas, your own um, difficulties with being loving and being vulnerable onto that person. And when you try and practice unconditional love, it's not easy to communicate in the most healthy ways with people. Even fights usually start with things like, I don't deserve this. It's all about the self. And when you focus on yourself, that's when things start going downhill. I think it's about finding balance and being able to love all at the same time. And that's, that's the hard thing. But that's also, for me at least personally, what the point of life is. But if you do think about self-love in that you can only give to someone else as much as you feel yourself, that means that you need to be loving yourself so unconditionally and be feeling so abundant with yourself before you can even begin to give someone else the love that they deserve. If you think of it like that, then self-love and love to others is synonymous with each other. Because like I said, like if everything, every argument or every friction comes from bringing everything back to yourself and feeling offended and taking things personally and not acknowledging that it's the other person's own things that they're just trying to deal with and they're just doing their best. If you have enough self-love, you have the discernment to know that those, the pain that's being inflicted on you doesn't have to be pain to you for you to feel. It's someone else that's dealing with something and trying to, trying to get, get through something and trying to be better and trying to grow. It's nothing to do with you. And so if you love yourself so much, then you can be aware of that and love someone regardless of their, the things that make you know, them making things difficult. Um, and that's not to say that you should be, you know, sticking around to be like emotionally abused or anything like that, but it means that you're able to either walk away from a situation with love and respect for someone no matter what, and just like remove yourself from something that doesn't spark joy for you, that doesn't isn't beneficial to you or you know if it's not really that bad and you know someone's just being human then you're able to get through any arguments or um, any moments where they haven't been as respectful to you as they should be uh, with love and with understanding and with acceptance and with the space for them 
to move forwards without being judged for that one moment and for them to have the opportunity to to earn your time back, if that makes sense. And so I don't think it has to be about hatred towards someone else. I don't think self-love means hating on someone else or telling them that they're not good enough for you. I think it can be synonymous. But it's funny that the modern thought on self-love is to protect yourself, to like be a boss-ass bitch, etc. But I'm not sure if that's aligned with the sacrifice and the compromise and the understanding needed for real, true, long-lasting, unconditional love. Because by definition, being a boss-ass bitch or whatever is like holding on to something, a grudge or a judgment, and shutting yourself off from the opportunity to be vulnerable. And it's almost leaning into too much independence and not accepting or appreciating that life is about connecting with other people and being vulnerable and being open. And I think the modern, I'm a boss, men are shit, like men are nothing, it's so toxic. And I think it's making it really hard for people these days to be in that open, vulnerable state of unconditional love. Another part of love that I was thinking about in terms of the film is that love requires humility. It requires you to step aside from your pride. In the movie, both father and son are way too proud to give in. And it's almost like a battle between them. And I think they both think that it wouldn't be manly to say sorry or to allow each other back into each other's lives when they have that period of not speaking to each other. And even when the parents send a dinner invite years later, the boy's too proud to accept it. And he's just holding on to his pride because he's so afraid of letting it, go, letting it go because he's been comfortable with it all his life and he doesn't know what it's like to just free fall and kind of give without expecting or anticipating anything in return. And I think in the movie, Oscar was still thinking a lot about everything in terms of giving and taking, like an exchange. So, you know, he thinks, oh, I took Jenny away from her music, but she didn't think of it like that at all. She made a choice to be with him. The movie made me think a lot about love being about acting without expecting anything in return. And I think it inspired me to just start complimenting people and being really nice to people without expecting something in return. I don't think we compliment each other enough. And someone was saying this the other day. Every day we are constantly thinking when we walk in the street or when we kind of meet someone at a party or whatever, you know, they might have really nice hair and you might think it or you might really like their shoes or you think they've got a really pretty smile or um, they've got really good energy or something like that and you feel really good around them. But we don't really like voice it because it's, for some reason, I, I don't really know why, but it's almost like it's embarrassing to be so nice or embarrassing to be so complimentary of someone when you don't know them and when you don't expect them to be nice to you back, you know? Um, and a lot of complimenting, like people feel pressure to compliment back. So it's, it's so like give and take, but it doesn't need to be about that, you know? 
And I think I'm going to try to start complimenting people more. Of course, naturally, organically, if I actually think something nice, I'll just say it without worrying about being too nice or what they'll think of me. Like, if I have a nice thought, I should just say it and not overthink it and not expect anything in return. Like, I don't need to be best friends with that person after or uh, for them to also say something nice back to me. Like, that's not what it is. I had an organic, positive thought about them and they deserve to hear it and it's going to make their day. And when I was thinking about that culture of, like, exchanging compliments, it really emphasized to me that so much of our interactions with people involves people holding back um, and not being completely open and just not being abundant with their positivity, with sharing, with giving. And that's because of like the pride, the ego involved with our day-to-day -day interactions, I think. And that holding back and that attachment to our pride um, and the lack of humility, I think, stops us from have, having like organic moments of just being loving with each other um, in our day-to-day -day interactions and not just with super special people in our lives or people we're dating or whatever. I think love is also about patience and it kind of goes hand in hand with acceptance and forgiveness. But I think the movie showed me how Jenny was so patient with Oscar. She knew that he was finding it really difficult to just accept and see things lightly and have a sense of humor and see how cute his father is and change his perception from being so angry at his father all the time. But she gave him the space to figure it out in his own time and in his own way. And she allowed him to change, you know? And I think it's about not letting your judgment of that person to cloud all the ways in which that person is so wonderful and tries their best. And I think if they're too difficult to be around for some reason, of course, remove yourself from the situation from them. But also people do change. And I think love is about acknowledging the fluidity of people you know, people can change for the better, people can change for the worse, but they're always changing, they're always evolving, no one is static. And that also means your judgment, your interpretation of that person is never really true or accurate, you know? And I think that's unconditional love, just being so, giving people the space to grow and learn and to evolve and figure things out and prove themselves right, prove themselves wrong. Just allow people this, the space to move and be dynamic. It's interesting that so much of our understanding of someone is connected to us, like ourselves. Like it's about the way we see them, not how other people see them or how they see themselves. And I think that middleman like our our own desire to compartmentalize someone or identify someone and find comfort in that identity prevents us from seeing someone in the most authentic and organic way and 
So I think unconditional love is about not letting ourselves get in the way of an experience of someone, letting them be free in their identity, their personality, um, their flaws, their strengths, their weaknesses, etc. I think at the end of the day, though, people want to be accepted. To be loved is to be accepted, to be seen, to feel worthy. And I think movies have taught me that people think that they want things like money or status or power, but it kind of boils down to just wanting to be loved and appreciated and seen. There's a really good movie called All the Money in the World that came out a few years ago about uh, John Paul Getty and how his, the true story about how his grandson was kidnapped and um, how John Paul Getty refused to give the ransom money even though he had it and more. Um, but that movie talks about how ruthless um, Getty was and how obsessed he was with earning more and more and more, more money. Um, and he mentioned in one brief line that his own father told him that he would be worth nothing. So the movie kind of showed how he spent his whole life trying to prove his father wrong and trying to win the love and acknowledgement and the respect of his father who told him that he would be not worth nothing. And it's so sad, but um, I don't think that movie was about money and power. It was like an extreme way of trying to have feel love and to feel valued. After Sun is another movie that came out recently. It might still be in the cinemas, but it's all about a father and daughter who see um, um, and their relationship with each other. They don't spend that much time with each other. It's a really young father um, and he's really struggling with his identity as a father. And it's clear that the girl sees his father as perfect and wonderful but he continues to feel flawed and like a terrible father. It's sad how contrasting their perspectives are of each other. Again, that movie was all about the father wanting to feel useful and valuable and worthy of his daughter's time and her love. Even social media is all about validation. It's all about, and I think it's about love in in the most superficial way, but it's about validating each other. Um, it's funny though that my nice pictures, like the pictures where it's just like me having a nice outfit and looking cute, those get more likes than the videos that bring more value, more food for thought and hopefully more stimulation. Um, but it doesn't mean that my pictures are more valuable than my thoughts, but it is easy to feel like that sometimes when you see the number of likes um, but it's funny that on social media, it's so much more easy to receive validation when it's something as superficial and as mindless as looking good. Um, and then when it's you being more unique and authentic and different and bringing your own thoughts and ideas that might be different to other people, that's harder to relate to and that's harder to give appreciation more easily. 
but this kind of relates to what I said in one of my first episodes, but it just shows you that the more unique and true to yourself that you are and the more authentic and special, different, the more difficult it is to receive validation from everyone, right? Because you become less relatable, you become less generic, and but fitting into like a common identity is so much more easier, easy to relate to and validate. But it shows me at least that receiving validation from external sources has got nothing to do with my own self-worth because I know that the best parts of me is the fact that I love thinking about things and having that kind of childlike wonder towards the world and wanting to discuss these kinds of ideas and feeling stimulated from sharing and talking to people about these things. I know that my worth is so much more than the nice pictures that I post on social media. So for me at least, I think I've become good at not accepting the validation from social media as love in my life. But I'm, I can understand and the way I perceive it is that through social media, a lot of people are trying to fulfill that yearning to be seen and to be loved, but it's not quite there. And I think the comparison between my pictures and my videos where I actually talk and share ideas, that comparison shows in likes, shows that that's not really how we should be feeling loved. And maybe we should focus less on being loved by everyone and focus more on having real appreciation from a few people. And I think that's when we feel the most fulfilled and that's where it's most unconditional because it's not conditional upon us being relatable and accepted by everyone. It's just us being authentic and unique and real to ourselves and to the people around us and those people appreciating it. But to kind of simply answer conclusively the question, what is love? I think my answer to that is that love is the embracing, the experiencing of our togetherness and interconnectivity and when you're open to how we all relate to one another, our sameness, it's so easy to love, to forgive, to accept, to not judge, to be free, um, to be free from our conceptions of things. I think it's about total and complete acceptance and forgiveness also goes hand in hand with that. And it's about finding the beauty and the joy in everyone and just wholly appreciating, acknowledging, respecting everyone. I think it's not choosing what you love about them. It's just accepting people as they are and removing ourselves from that equation, like our own desires, our own expectations of them completely and just letting them live and grow. And I think that's easier in a friendship or as a family member but in a relationship, it's not always that straightforward to love someone 
wholly and unconditionally because how they are, like the choices that they make as a person and in their life, massively impacts your own life. And I think the problem there lies with the fact that a lot of relationships are rushed into and it's normalized to go on a few dates and then get into a friendship, like, uh, sorry, a relationship soon after. But I think we should really normalize getting to know someone really, really well um, as friends. And like, what you know, when there's less of a reason to be putting on a front to each other and to just take the time to really get to know someone before making the decision to be their partner because you don't want to end up either wanting to control who they are or trying to change them or be impacted by their inability to love themselves and therefore you fully and that only becomes clear once you really know someone and you can only really do that if you really love yourself and you don't have your own agenda or desire to make them a certain way I think our relationship with the world is a direct reflection of our relationship with ourselves. So at the end of the day, all of those things about love, you know, forgiveness, acceptance, appreciation, respect, total um, acceptance of everything, that has to come from yourself. You have to know how to do that with yourself before you can even begin to experience that um transpersonally i really appreciate you guys tuning in to this one thank you so much as always for listening and i hope you found my interpretation of love interesting and obviously it's just my interpretation everyone sees it in very different ways um but i hope it gave some interesting food for thought and i'd love to hear from you what you think about love and if anything I said was agreeable or uh, different to how you see things. Um, As always, I would love if you could leave a review if you're enjoying the podcast. It would help me a lot um, with algorithms and things like that. And also if you could rate my podcast either on Spotify or Apple. Thank you guys. See you next week. (laughs) 